Welcome to the Mix Zone, a weekly review of news from the world of Olympic sports from around the rings. I'm Ed Hula. And I'm Gerard Ferrick. First off today, we're going to hit a subject that our colleague Sebastian Fest, our editor-in-chief, has been on since it seems like day one on this. It's FIFA versus the IOC and whether the World Cup is going to become an biennial event every two years rather than every four years. And uh, we've had some developments this week. Um, part of the issue is away from the IOC. Yes, the IOC doesn't want it, but more importantly for FIFA and FIFA president uh, Johnny Infantino, uh, the two biggest confederations, UEFA, which is Europe, and CONMEBOL, which is South America, they're against it. So how are, how is he going to work this out? Well, he's he hasn't given up, but uh, this week on Tuesday, he met with uh, the European Confederation, UEFA, on a, on a call, and uh, things didn't go well, apparently. It was pretty contentious, and basically, UEFA reiterated that you know, we're more than happy to come and play in a World Cup every four years, but we're not going to come and do it every two years. Um, and Fantino says, oh, I want to talk about it. I still want to talk about it. I'm listening and I want to talk about it. But he also insists that he wants to have a vote on it by December 20th or on December 20th. And, and UEFA is not interested in that. They said, great, we can talk. We can hash this out maybe. But why do we have to vote by December 20th, which is, you know, not very far away. So uh, every time you think this should be dead in the water, it, it it's still alive, as far as we can tell, you know, Infantino is not giving up on it. But uh, in the meantime, the IOC came out this week and said, uh, well, you know, Infantino, who's an IOC member, never brought up any of this to Thomas Bach, the IOC president, uh, before it became all out into the public and and uh, became this big to do. And so uh, it sounds like Bach is not real happy about that. And, you know, who can blame him? It's, it's sort of like one of his own, you know, keeping something from him. So the IOC obviously is worried, you would think, because, well, if you have a World Cup every two years, then that's going to immediately put it in competition with the Olympic Games. And it will. It will be. It's, it's already tough for, 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 for the entire sports broadcasting sports market to so many events on the calendar. And with the World Cup every two years, uh, it would, uh, I'm, I'm sure, cut into the uh, ability of the IOC to uh, market its, uh, its Olympic Games. And, uh, I guess uh, I, I'm not sure what kind of influence Thomas Bach can wield over one of his junior IOC members. Uh, Infantino went to the IOC, I believe, last year, so he's a he's a backbencher and uh, causing a lot of headache for the for the IOC right now. Well, the IOC, I guess, uh, right now it's uh, all eyes on Beijing 2022 and. Uh, well, at least the the flame is there now. Yeah, the the flame arrived. I believe sometime in the past. Yeah, uh, well, yesterday after being lit in in ancient Olympia, 
in a ceremony that was uh, guarded by security to prevent any intrusion of protesters. But uh, so it goes, uh, there were a couple of protesters arrested at the ancient Olympia site for, during the ceremony. They managed to slip through. But it's all, you know, it's all part of the uh, of the game that's being played here to uh, observe uh, COVID restrictions at the same time conveniently being able to keep crowds of spectators away from the flame and possible controversy. The IOC and Chinese organizers have learned the lesson from 2008 when the uh, uh, Olympic torch relay uh, was marred by protests all over the world. Um, and uh, it was that that experience in 2008 that led the IOC to declare that there would be no more international relays, period. Uh, it just doesn't happen anymore. And now it looks like there is going to be very little of a relay in, in China for these games. Uh, the 2022 uh, Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. The flame is at the Olympic Tower uh, in in Beijing for people to to see it um, over the next few months they're going to do something to uh, uh, bring the flame to other parts of China one way or another and then just a few days before the Olympic Games uh, they'll have the more traditional torch relay but it's certainly not going to be uh, 10,000 torch runners uh, or you know, you know, hundreds of stops. It, it will not be the, the, the exercise in uh, promotion that the torch relay was up until the uh, the, the Tokyo Olympics and the need to uh, quash uh, big crowds and uh, all of that for for the torch relay. So uh, the Olympic torch relay kind of in a in a slump here. Uh, not much for Tokyo, even less for for Beijing. Uh, on the other hand, it makes for a simpler games uh, and, you know, maybe something that uh, will influence future organizing committees, such as Paris 2024, which is next and uh, beginning to uh, lay in their plans for the uh, Olympic torch relay. So we'll be hearing about that. Um, moving along here, USA Rugby is uh, making a pitch to... Uh, uh, do some heavy lifting for the uh, for the sport and calling for uh, uh, bids for uh, future World Cups. Yeah, uh, they announced uh, officially. This has been in the works, but officially they are in to host the Men's World Cup either in 2027 or 2031, and the Women's World Cup in 2029. Uh, Yesterday at a press conference, uh, it was interesting because uh, unlike Salt Lake City, who has not shown officially any preference between a 2030 and 2034 Winter Olympics bid, uh, USA Rugby and the and the team have made it quite clear they prefer 2031. Uh, they're saying because that gives them more time to build the sport and build up interest and uh, all that sort of developmental ideas to give them four more years to do that. So they are looking at that. Now, 
to be fair, 2027 was going to be a tougher ask because Australia, which is a rugby power, wants to host in 2027. So you would think and the and the money right now, you know, you read about it, the money right now says Australia is going to get it in 27 and the US would get it in 31. Um, now, will they also get the women's in 29? I mean, conceivably, it's going to be an, a very uh, USA centric run of years here if this happens, because you've already got You've got the FIFA World Cup in North America, co-hosted Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. in 26 and 28. You've got the Los Angeles Olympics. You could have 29, the Women's Rugby World Cup, 30, Salt Lake City, maybe, 31, the Men's Rugby World Cup. I mean, you know, you're looking at a lot of U.S. hosting going on. And uh, sometimes in the past, as you know, that's not looked upon as a good thing. But at the same time, how many countries can do these sorts of things and host these sorts of things, especially right now when we're still trying to fight our way out of a pandemic. So it's, I could see it happening. I certainly could see it happening. So uh, for the US, uh, it looks more like uh, 31 and maybe 29. But uh They've got the full support of all these um, stadiums across the country. The, many of the same stadiums that are bidding to host uh, World Cup games in 26 are bidding for Rugby World Cup for 31. So won't be a shortage of stadiums. And uh, mentioned this week, the uh, U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee held its uh, media summit in advance of uh, Beijing 2022. A virtual media summit. These have been, uh, you know, great events in the past where, you know, a few hundred reporters, media from across the U.S. get together and query athletes. But uh, for the second year in a row or second Olympics in a row, we're in a virtual mode. Um, uh, interesting comments from uh, from the USOPC leadership, uh, Rick Adams, chief of sports performance, asking about how, how they're going to get everybody to Beijing. And that's one of the difficulties they're, they're working with, given the, uh, well, more stringent COVID controls than even, even in Tokyo. Uh, we'll know more maybe later this week. Uh, Friday is when the next uh, edition or, or the first edition of the playbook for Beijing 2022 is to be published and we'll get the, uh, the rundown in black and white, if you will, of uh, exactly what's going to be uh, required in, in Beijing in just uh, a few months time, five months away for that countdown. Yeah, and uh, there's other games that are going to be played sooner than that. Um, Cali, the countdown to Cali, the junior Pan American games. Coming up, uh, first edition of that coming up, uh, I believe November 25th, a Thursday night opening ceremonies in Cali, Colombia. Uh, and uh, it's a, a, first, a first for the Pan American sports organization, Pan Am Sports. And uh, should have a 
few thousand athletes down there, young athletes under 23. It's not uh, youth Pan American Games, but uh, uh, it's uh, young people, junior, <laughs> junior. Uh, Mediterranean Games Association uh, has elected a, a new president, David David Tizano from Italy. He's a he's a rower, very much involved in uh, the activities of, of the National Federation of Rowing and with the Italian Olympic Committee. He takes the place of uh, Amar Adadi from uh, Algeria, who's uh, been in that post as president for for 20 years. Uh, next Mediterranean Games take place next year in uh, Onan in in Algeria in 2026. They'll be taking place in uh, Toronto in Italy. And, and uh, the, oh yeah, and and uh, the World Games uh, that they're, they're going to be next summer uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, but coming up here at the uh, end of the month is. Uh, a big, busy few days where they are going to have the various national uh, Olympic committees, uh, members and everybody gathering in Birmingham to talk about the specifics of the games. And that will go a long way toward getting everything ready in the months to come. But uh, that's, uh, that's happening very end of this month, beginning of next month. And then coming up next week, we have the uh, Association of National Olympic Committees holding their first in-person general assembly in a couple of years. Uh, they're they're going to do it in Crete. Um, I guess people will be arriving in a few days. It will be interesting to see um, how big the meeting is. Uh, traditionally, it's attracted hundreds, uh, some, some, somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five hundred. NOC representatives and a few hundred other people, but uh, we'll we'll see just exactly what kind of pull it has uh, next week when everybody arrives for the uh, for the ANOC meeting in Crete. First time it's uh, been held there, and I think the time is up for our meeting this week, Gerard. I think so. I think so. I, we covered enough. I think. Yeah. Uh, that's it. This week's mix zone from Around the Rings. I'm Around the Rings uh, editor emeritus. I guess that's what I am some days of the week. Gerard Farrakar, managing editor. Yep. Let us hear from you. Comment at aroundtherings.com is where you can find us. Uh, we'll be happy to hear from you and uh, respond to anything you may have. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us. Bye-bye.